The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 104 of the MX Vice Show podcast, coming to you days after the MXGP of Czech Republic, round 13 of the 2022 FIM Motocross World Championship. This thing is wrapping up quite quickly. We only have, well, I think we only have five rounds to go now because there could be more calendar changes. In fact, I would say that there will definitely be more calendar changes. So we'll get into that this week on episode 104, as well as everything else that went on on the hard-packed, old-school track of Lockett. Of course, we can talk about that thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. As always, we only align with the best. Thank you to those companies for their continued support of MX Vice. Exciting things coming from quite a few of those in the coming weeks and months. Some stuff will even be on show this weekend in Lomol, VMXGP of Flanders. So keep an eye out for that. Coming up, we have Leah Ask Vice Anything, the Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week, and all of the regular stuff that you have come to know and love. This is part one of the MX Vice Show, and of course it is presented by Fly Racing, who have redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS and a 12k carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. I'm your host, Lewis Phillips. Uh, I am currently in the Netherlands, ready for VMXGP of Flanders, which is why I maybe don't sound as crisp as normal, because I am missing my regular podcast setup, but you know, needs must and all of that sort of stuff. And joining me is, of course, none other than some people like... Legend. Others don't. Uh, I don't know what side of the fence you people sit on, but there's definitely, like Marmite, it's James Burfield. The right side of the fence, and brought to you by Armour Hydrate. Last 10 days, been sipping on the Armour Hydrate morning and afternoon, and I've got to be honest, COVID is a thing of the past. How are you, Lewis? Um, great. That was a very, uh, you came in hot there. Threw me off guard. I am very excited. Very, very excited. Okay. Uh, probably should have discussed with me if you were being brought to someone by this week rather than just running off and doing that, but never mind. <laughs> i, I, I got to be honest, I don't really care. Yeah, no. uh, I'm just happy to be back, firing on all cylinders. I'm uh, just happy right now with life. Well, at least someone is. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Did you watch Apart it? from my paint incident, yesterday was my Friday the 13th. Okay. So yesterday didn't go well. I opened the truck door, 
five pots of paint uh, literally came out. I managed to catch three, and one came open, which was not good. And we're trying to sell our house, which was oh, not great either. That's great. Anything else you want to update everyone on in your life? You're selling your house, lots, lots. Mm. I mean, I'm sure we all want to talk motocross, but please feel free. Yeah, I've been decorating quite a lot. I've been decorating quite a lot. I've done uh, wants a bathroom on way, suite. Are you telling everyone a load of rubbish that we don't care about? Uh, well, I think people actually do care. Did you watch Lock It? Yeah, watch Lock It. It was all right. Did you actually? I got, I got to be honest. I yeah, no, I did. I um, for once, uh, I enjoyed the MXGP racing. Well, it was good. It was good. It was very good. So um, I think um, yeah, I think we said going before Lockett that uh, the race for the win would be quite wide open because I think we said uh, Sewer, Renault, Geyser, Prado would all be fairly evenly matched around Lockett, and uh, yeah, we saw that. I think it wasn't Sewer was definitely the best guy across the weekend. Uh, he was definitely the number one guy on that track, but it wasn't um, it wasn't a runaway. It was definitely kept close. Obviously, Sewer didn't go one one. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a nice shake up from the norm. I think you'd say. Yeah, and the Hoff went well as well. Yeah, many riders went well. Many riders went well. Um, I just thought the Hoff looked good. Yep. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, so we'll start with Sewer. He'd never won more than one four fifty GP in a season before. Now, obviously, uh, that was his second GP win of a season. He won in France as well. Um, you kind of don't realise because it's kind of snuck up on everyone remove his Indonesian illness from the equation and he's actually the number one rider in his championship at the moment his um, his comeback as I like to call it this year has been incredible because how he started and where he is now is like two different riders well um, circling back to what I just said France, Germany, Czech Moto scores are 1-2-3-1-1-2 like I don't think you can argue that he is the number one rider in this championship at the moment. Okay, not so, not by much. Geyser is still right there knocking on the door. But Sewer is definitely, I would say Sewer is in, is in form like he's never been before, which is hard to say because like Trentino last year, he was unbelievable. But that was just for one round. I'm, I don't think we've ever seen Sewer this consistently amazing on a 450. No. If this was hot or not, he'd be getting a lot of swipes. Take us back to 2014 Cusses Gorus when you then you're hot or not. Uh yeah, no one no one cares. <laughs> Again, no one cares. That was just awesome time, awesome times. And um, you know, great feedback. And I just think that, yeah, you're right. He he at the moment is literally on there's not a rider that's better than him at the moment. He's looking really, really good. I mean, it's it's close, but uh, my point is, Sua is definitely in form like he's never been before. And obviously, this is this is now going to spark questions. Can he do this consistently next year? Which I think we all, to be fair, I think I think we were all expecting what we've seen in the last month. I think we were all expecting it for the whole of this year. Um, obviously, there was a concussion in Argentina, which kind of slowed his progress. But then through the first two rounds, he went two, four, four, five. So not on this level. Um, who knows? Maybe if he hadn't got uh, knocked out in Argentina, then this was coming. Maybe he was building towards that third in the first moto in Argentina. So like he was in the mix. Um, we'll never know. Obviously, I doubt I doubt he would be really pushing Geyser for this championship. But the gap would definitely be less. I would say it would probably if I would say it would probably be around. Uh, 
50 points, 60 points instead of 125. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, unfortunately, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit too late um, to, to mount that challenge. I think Guy has got this done and dusted. However, um, I don't know. It's it's the the intensity see, seemed to come in the last few months, and it's like we we kind of need, well, he needed that intensity right at the start of the year, and his results were okay at the start of the year. It's just obviously the Argentina concussion, like you say, is was the one which really kind of you know stopped the progress. Which nothing could be done. It's just one of those things. It's a crash. But it, I think it's one of those things that he really, if he can come out in 2023 and dominate the first three or four rounds, I think that changes the mindset. I think it changes everything. Well, he was he was massively struggling with bike setup as well. The reason he won France was because he made the correct bike change in practice on Saturday. So that's kind of the catalyst to all of this. Um, yeah, the concussion but, slowed him, but he did make that significant setup change. I can't actually remember what it... Um, oh, phone, hello. Hello. Is that a girl? Um, is that a girl? I can't actually remember what it was he changed, but listeners to the Fly Racing Post Race podcast will know because he obviously gave us some quite in-depth uh, insight into... Uh, oh, oh, she's she wants you. Okay. What's her name? I'm just trying to What's find her name? my laptop. I'm working with a remote setup, um, but thank you. Um, is it Bianca? My of Thanks for that. Um, no, but he did make a major... Or he did make a major... Bomb. Is it Kevin? What? Is it Bianca or is it Kevin? Okay, brilliant. Um, what way are you swinging this week? Okay, brilliant. The, the old Netherlands hot stuff? Um, man, I've lost my train of thought. What I was going to say to you was, um, I'm glad you lost your train of thought, so that's good. Um, that worked. At the start of the year, he was suffering from COVID, wasn't he? He actually came into this this year, um, no, that was last not year. feeling 100%. That was last year. I'm pretty sure you said he wasn't feeling that great at the start of this year either. No, that was last year. Maybe he had long COVID. Uh, he did last year. See, if only Jeremy had spoke to me and he had come over to Arma Hydrate, okay, I think brilliant. that would have been the difference. Um, a common story this year, and I do think this rages on still behind the scenes, um, is who the number one rider is at Yamaha. I think Sua and Renault both believe they are the number one guy. And you know what? With how Renault rode in that second race, the debate still rages on. And it's very, very, very interesting, I feel. Because I, like uh, Renault's been very open. He has come back to get second in the championship. He believes he is the second best rider in this class. And um, yeah, he is back to leapfrog Prado, leapfrog Sewer, and get the silver medal that he was looking good to take before he obviously got injured um, in Germany. Interesting well, dynamic. Fact he's missed two rounds, Lewis. He's, he's missed literally you know, up to 100 points he's missed, and he's still fourth in the championship and only 40 points behind um, Sewer. What? So you're saying that he is the number one rider at Yamaha? I, I think currently... Um, I think it's very, very close between both of them. And and it's only close because of the way that Jeremy has bounced back over the last sort of month. I don't know. For some reason, I am like, I will say this. Uh, Renault's second moto was the most impressive that he's been this year. More impressive than his Spanish win, I think. Um, the way that he dropped the hammer on the first lap and pulled a pretty significant gap almost immediately, like genuinely, it genuinely shocked me. I did not see it coming at all. Um, so that was definitely the most impressive he's been this year. But for some reason, I'm still not quite there. 
Nah, no, literally. Um, Portugal was a little bit of a, was that round when it's like, do you know what? It's He's come in absolutely on fire. We knew that he was going to have, you know, a setback at some point. Portugal was that setback. And and at that point, for me, that was that time when it's either you, you're going to sink or swim in this class. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of people come in hot and then just suddenly disappear and, you know, lose momentum. What I like about Renault is is when he was tested, he responded. And that's when he started to put the results in. And, and for me, that tells me everything. That tells me he is ready to challenge for that championship next year. Yeah, I know all this, but my point is I still just, I don't know why I'm not there. And I don't know what will make me get there, but I still don't, like, when it comes time to preview 2023, I will still put Hurlings, Fevra, Geyser, Sewer, Prado, Jonas probably even, above Renault. And I don't know why, because I think in my head I know that's wrong. But for some do, reason- do you know why it's wrong? I, I can tell you the exact reason for this and why you're thinking like that. If a super hot nine girl came up to you, right, you would turn her down waiting for that 10. You wouldn't take the super hot nine girl or nine guy um, and go with it, you know, and, and be happy. You're waiting for that 10. And that's what you are over and over. What? Before I'm, before, I sit, before I'm sold on the idea, I'm waiting for him to be absolutely amazing. Yes. That's your problem because anybody else apart from you can see the potential in the guy and where oh, he is already. In his like I say, year. I know I'm wrong, but for some reason I'm not like fully bought into it yet. I haven't like fully. He, he I'm not on board the, yet. The scary thing for for Renault is he's not even reached his potential, and he's already where oh, he say is. Say the same about in his everyone, rookie year. Uh, Prado hasn't reached it. Okay, no, Prado hasn't. Uh, no, seriously, Prado's been in the class for a few years. Renault's come in. And has been for me the guy. If you're going to try and tell me that Renault has a brighter future than Prado, then I don't know what I don't know where we go from here. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Well, you're going to have to start. You're you're going to have to start asking yourself this question because Renault is going to be there or thereabouts next year in that championship, depending on what how Hurlins comes back. But Renault, it'll be interesting to see what Renault will gain over the winter period and where he's going to be next year. Because I think he's really going to surprise a few You're people. You're trying again to tell me year. that he is better I think he's got... Yeah. I, I, I do believe at this Blast point... For me. Um, I, no, no. Listen. Prado is lost. He is literally a guy wandering around in the dark at the moment, just wondering. I know... I know I had some form. I, I know I'm absolutely cracking rider. I just can't remember where I put it. Prado has gone from absolutely not giving a fuck and just sending it to people to literally just looking lost. Yeah. I actually want to go and hug Prado. I wanted to get on a plane and meet him at the finish line, just give him a hug and say, it's okay. Um. Well, do you want to ask someone who's actually spoken to Prado and knows the situation? Um, nah, because yeah, honestly, if only I knew a good journalist what could get that information out. I literally, well, I'm trying, but you just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke! Um, it's a joke. No, Prado's just struggling with bike setup. That's kind of it. Um, but so is everyone on that new bike. It's just, it happens. The 09 Honda, um, it happens, I guess. A new generation bike doesn't always come out firing. And... Yeah, Prado said to me. Will he get fined for saying that? Prado basically said to me after the race that um, that he led the first six laps of the first moto, but he felt like he was there 
purely on like his own merit and he didn't have anything helping him and it basically he had to fight for his life to be there and like he didn't have like the whole the whole package wasn't working in unison and like it wasn't all singing from the same song sheet and he had to uh muscle his way there to be at the front like you know um but i i think that's what we could see we could see that he was like kind of pushing on the edge and then basically as the train came past him of the riders he was able to just say do you know what fuck it i'm just gonna ride to the to 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 my means so I know I can get get us get us home safe. And that's the scary thing. It's like, but we don't know whether that's gonna improve next year. No, it will do, of course. Um but yeah, next year will be a big year for bikes. What do you mean of course? How do how do you know that the bike next year is gonna respond better? Because we've all been around long enough to like like I say the O nine Honda. Um we've all been around to see how this song and dance works. Um and you mm. know like there's like you, you we've just all been around long enough to know how this song and dance works. Um Okay. But no, I, I I disagree. I still disagree on the fact that Renault is a bit like has a brighter future than Prado. Yeah, I I'm going to disagree with you. Um, I understand what you're saying. Prado from it's last just year. That. There is no way that Renault beats the Prado from last year. That's kind of my point. Mm, I think you're wrong, buddy. And 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 I think you're going to be massively surprised at Redbird. And the other thing as well is I think a lot of because I think Renault is going to smash it in Redbird. Bloody hell! You're really like, like high. On no, the I, 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 I genuinely, I genuinely think he's going to go to Redbird, smash it, and that is the person that everybody's going to be talking about. Red genuinely, that's. I, I can give you a little insight into how Redbud's going to go. Okay, I've already give you my insight. First moto winner Eli Tomac, second moto winner Chase Sexton, third moto winner. Eli Tomac. That will be the moto winners in Redbud. Sure. Okay. That is, I would like you and your crystal ball. I've already, in my, I was thinking about this the other day, I've already decided that basically Team USA will win Redbud with results similar to 2011 St. John. That's how yeah, this is going to Okay, I know that. Um, that's how I feel like the Nations is going to go this year, where the, M- the 450 riders are top three in each of their races. Um, and, you know, doing exactly what they need to do. And then the MX2 rider will go 17-17 or 14-14, something along those lines. But the 450 riders will dominate to such a level that basically it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, I think I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's we're, we're not here, obviously, to talk about MXON. Um, but it's great that we are. Um, I agree. I agree that USA are, are going to win the Nations this year. I just think that Renault is a, it's a perfect place for him to showcase where he is right now. And I think it's going to wake a lot of people. And it will be down to the battles he has with the types of pe- riders around him and coming through or, or getting the start and, and leading. I, I genuinely believe he is in great form. Is that is that, is that the same as Jeremy? It'd be, it, it's going to be a very, very good having those riders on form going into that event. Who knows if Renault will get picked for Team France? Yeah, he will. Uh, this is France. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't think Vial's doing it. There's crazy French. I don't think Vial's doing it. What, is he still sulking about his hat? No, I don't think it's, I think it's something different this time, but I don't think Vial's doing it. Um, Renault said in the press conference, like, basically put me on Team France 
uh, I'm ready to go. Like, I want to go. Um, but obviously, he bowed out last year because he didn't want to race it in the middle of the season. So did a French Federation hold that against him? Because they could quite easily... Could be. They could quite easily... Love a grudge. Um, Beniston and Ferrandis. Yeah, they could Yeah, definitely do that. But then Fevre also bowed out last year. So um, if they're going to hold it against Renault, then they kind of have to hold it against him as well. But we will see. Um, Ferdo Ruin Lockett. Remember that? We'll go back to that race. Um, guys are... Geyser didn't look like himself at any point in the weekend. But he was fine. He was right there, just not not himself. Like you you look, you watch him, you like see him going around the track, and it didn't look like Tim Geyser. Um, which was fine because he got third overall. He lost five points. Who really cares? And really, at this point, let's be honest, he is firmly in championship limp home mode. Um But still, it was it was surprising to see him like kind of not have that extra little something and especially on a track that would you would think suits him perfectly um but also kind of just like add this to he lost sardinia he lost spain he lost france okay he won germany and indonesia but now he's lost again that period from the beginning of the year where it was a geyser show has like really just disappeared and it's surprising because when i don't think it is you would have thought this never would leave this never would end I don't think this is. This is guys are being smart. Why risk everything to take a race win when it, it doesn't mean that much? He's he's not after race wins at this point. He's after championships. Yeah, I know that. I and I'll tell you what, in when he takes his championship at the end of the year, like I think he needs to get the credit, which is is due because people don't talk about how good a champion he is. Listen, he he's managing his champion just fine. He I was watching him the weekend, you know, obviously on TV, sat back, but he he done what he needed to do. He didn't need to take chances. He didn't need to put himself in, in, in dangerous places. It's just like, do you know what? Seconds, thirds, pick up the points, coast at home for the next six rounds. You're gonna get paid the same money anyway. I um I need to I don't know how you check this, and maybe it's a stat that doesn't even mean anything anyway. I'm pretty sure. When Sewer passed Geyser in the first race, that was the first time Geyser has been passed straight up this year when he's been healthy. Of course, that's, yeah, that's I... counting that Sardinia, Spain, and France, he wasn't healthy. Like That's putting him down as unhealthy in France and not himself. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that Sewer passing him in Moto1 was the first time that someone has passed Geyser straight up. Yeah, I... Um, I, I... He's been phenomenal this year, like without a doubt, you know. And and I, I generally can't remember the last time, you know, I've seen him like you say, past healthy. He's been that good this year. And and not only that, he's still that good and he's managing this championship. He is literally just ticking off these races to collect that nice bonus check at the end of the year and another world title. And then he's gonna have a really nice um, you know, uh postseason, just chill out, spend all that money. Um, you know, and get ready for next year. I believe he signed his HRC deal. Okay, that's that's interesting because that's another little click and the merry go round going forward. Um, but I believe that's actually done now, or at least it's going to be done. It's fine. It's all. It basically is done. Yeah. Um, Kolnoff, uh, quiet but solid. Good. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, where did you see him at the start of this year? In the championship, oh, we we set top five, didn't we? 
It probably would have been. I would probably he's, he's top, right where he is right now. Yeah, he's top five. He's doing exactly what uh, he was expected to do. He's literally eleven points down on Renault. Um, although he's missed two two rounds, but he's had a very like we've been talking. I've been talking about how great Renault is in 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 Coldenos, eleven points off of that. Okay, let's so back um, it down on that. Um, let's fucking back it down on that. Jesus Christ! Like, well, has, like look at it this way. Has missed two rounds. Okay, look at it this way. He's 53 points behind Jeremy. That's not that many points. No. No, but Coldwell's been fought. And you've been talking You've been talking about how great... That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that. You know, he's, he's had a good year. Underrated is the fact that this podcast, for the last 10 rounds, I've come on here and said Coldenoff is doing extremely well, but no one wants to hear that. Everyone just blocks it out. keep saying it. You, you, you have to keep saying it. Everyone just blocks it out until I say something slightly negative. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Well, if you will put yourself in the limelight. Um, Vlander in sixth overall was very good. Uh, definitely what he needs to do. I believe he needs to get more top sevens. That's something that he's been asked to do. So he did that. Mm. Happy days. Um, yeah. Vlanderin is still up in the air as well for next year. So that's interesting. He's one of the few riders who actually... Um, actually needs like to sign something for next year because heading into Lockett, not nothing was really done and it, se- it seemed like everything was up in the air but now it feels like everything's done and there's literally three riders up in the air which is bizarre because I, I, can't, blink of an eye, I can't believe we're still talking about this guy he, he, he's gone one one this year how has he not got that factory right well it's What's it, the third year in MXGP? Yeah, and he undoubtedly deserves it. But then also, who would you... Like, um, is he a better rider than Mitch? No. Is he a better rider than... Uh, help me out, thinking of other factory... Uh, Renault, Coldenoff, Sewer? No. Um, well, no, he's just... He, unfortunately, he, he you know, he, he's in a class of, of very, very fast riders. Um, and, and like you say, if it's him, Mitch, and Ben are all going to be vying for, for the last of the factory deals, hey? Um, well, there's a few other riders who haven't signed anything yet. Um, there's quite, well, there is quite a few actually who haven't signed, but it definitely seems like a few riders are heading in a direction. Um, but it, yeah, but you, you, you've got, yeah, if you look at this, you've got, um, you've got Fernandez, which I'm guessing is going to be HRC. You're going to be, uh, Jonas, which is going to be staying standing. I would have thought Brian Bogers, what's Bogers up to? Um, is he one of those guys that's still up in the air? No, I think I know where he's going, but I can't really say, which is going to f- piss everyone okay. off. But I also promised I wouldn't say. So, Okay, then we got Vlanderen, Van Horbeek, whether he stays, goes, or whatever. And you've got Evans and Watson. So those are the riders. If you already know the pieces of the puzzle, then you can kind of figure out it's probably just left down to three riders fighting over two spots. What are your two so, spots? So again, so, well, Kawasaki's going to be one. Yeah, of them. but where, where are you getting the other one from? Um... There is a spot of beta. Who am I missing? There is a spot yeah, of beta. Exactly. Yeah. Don't say exactly. That isn't what you were thinking. But I will tell you this. I know a rider who's tested the beta, and they said it wasn't very good. Oh. Said it was meh. 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 Mm. Yeah. But great friend Joro. Just said meh. So there you go. Um, Bogus, actually. So, that, so if it's meh, has Van Horbeek been exceeding on that bike? I said, to, I told you this story. I spoke to Van Horbeek in Argentina, just like generally, like not interview. And I said to him, like, 
I said to him because like, he he was he said I can't remember now exactly, but he said something along the lines of, "Oh, I'm not really a top five guy anymore." And I said, "Like bloody hell, no! You're doing quite good on this bike, like, and it's obviously not an advantage." Like, I, yeah. I do wonder. I do wonder if you gave Van Horbeek like a fill in on Red Bull KTM or a fill in on this team or a fill in on that team, what he would do? What he would do? Like, yeah, he was sick in Lockett, so where was that? Uh, he was sick, and Fevre was sick. So, like everyone says, Indonesia made people sick, but. Something in the water in Lockett as well. Yeah, there's McDonald's in Lockett. Are, are, yeah, terrible. But Calvin had one of those days that no one will really talk about. And actually, you could say the same for Mitch, who was very good and took another big step forward. Um, maybe not a big step forward, but he's making at least steady steps each week. Uh, obviously, it'll be tough to do that at Lommel. He's only ridden Lommel once, I think. But once I, I would actually think that Udavala could be very good for Mitch. Um, once we get there, I- another weekend off. I think it's quite funny because, like, watching on the TV show, Mitch got, uh, you know, a lot of airtime um, through the TV oh. show, especially in uh, race one. And, um, and and he was talked about quite a lot. <laughs> Flandern, on the other hand, he just doesn't seem to get the same airtime. I don't know why. It's it's just really weird. But it's like, you know, from 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 a viewer back, back home watching on, on, I mean, people might agree or disagree, but... For me, it just felt like Mitch definitely got a lot more kudos from the from the TV show um, this week than, say, Vlanderen did. So I, I thought that was quite interesting. Well, it depends if you're in a battle or if you're riding around by yourself or whatever, doesn't it? It's not... Um, it depends on that. But another rider who actually didn't give the credit he deserved is Bogus, because he made good progress on a track that was hard to make progress on. Um, apparently, uh, See, he tells me that his starts are terrible. So I checked this out, and his starts are definitely not... His starts are considerably worse than the riders ahead of him in the championship, but they're also better than the riders behind him in the championship. Um, his his average start this year or average starting position is ten uh, ninth, sorry, which I guess isn't great for a guy. Not who's, great, but still still not bad. Yeah, like uh, behind right. him, uh, Vlandering average starting position is twelfth. Uh, um, Van Horbeek tenth. Mitch, 14th. Um, Watson, 13th. Uh, Tixier, which I mean, now we're getting into privateers, so it's hard, like apples to oranges, but 15th. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say... I'll tell you what, this is... So I put together this whole stat thing this year because I thought it'd be... I thought it'd throw up some interesting things and I've got everyone's average start like loaded up so it changes every moto. Yeah. It kind of just like is exactly what you'd expect. Like, there's no massive anomalies in the data. Like, um, uh, like um, third in the championship, or, wait, sorry, not... So, it's like, Sewer has a better starting position than Renault. Renault has a better starting position than Koldenoff, but Koldenoff has a better starting position than Jonas. But, like, you get what I mean? Like, it, it's kind of start, the average starting positions kind of perfectly match where the rider is in the championship. It's not like, oh, wow, this rider's third in the championship, but their average start is like the 11th best in the class. Or, oh, this yeah, and he's is, coming through yeah, or one's like, fading back or whatever. Ma- yeah. It, it kind of just ma- uh, matches the order of the championship perfectly. Like, yeah. which kind of makes me wonder how start dependent this sport really is. <laughs> <laughs> well, given that you're, you've just based that on data, I think we can all kind of see that it has a massive bearing on MXGP at the moment. Because where you're starting is is kind of very helpful to where you're finishing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it isn't that perfect as well. Because, uh, but it is weird because I did expect to get some like 
crazy things like oh anomalies yeah so where you get like one or two has actually got the fourth best average star or you know something like that but really there's nothing here of interest it kind of just like i say um matches the like uh pattern perfectly so what what can you say and what can't you say about what's going on next year teams coming teams going riders move in is there anything that you can talk um, about i got which, told that, um, i got told that you've learned. might be stopping really because that'd be a big blow because obviously they they've got a decent team at the moment um i got told that 114 114 has been rumored to be stopping for like a year now so i'm kind of like eh but i would bet well, right now that 114 won't be doing mxgp next year um not even with somebody like fredrickson no no. Um, uh, Jackie Martins, I think, is continuing after all. Wow. Um, Saved from the death once more. No, I think Fair he's play. just decided he wants to keep going. I think, uh, yeah, it was a heavy rumor around Spain time that he was going to stop, but I believe he's keeping going. Uh, I think the only. That's great news. Um, and then the only other question mark team wise is obviously Beta is moving to Marchetti. So um, I would imagine that the current Beta team, SDM, are going to stop. I would imagine. Uh, I certainly wouldn't. They were former Yamaha guys, hey? Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. They were Yamaha before. If they, they continue, I'd, I'd expect them to continue on a smaller scale with like an EMX guy or something. But, um, okay. Yeah. So technically, although we're going to keep beta, there's a chance that by keeping beta, we might just lose one team. Because obviously, um, if STM isn't going to have a rider and then Marchetti's there anyway, so it's not like we're gaining something. Um, but yeah. as far as teams go in the past, so, that's it. So what riders are kind of up and looking for a, a ride at the moment? Well, there's no one really... So go, go for the MXGP list in, in kind of highlight some riders which well, haven't got because there's no one really signed. who's looking because everyone's kind of on their way to doing a deal. Like, there's no one on this list who is desperately like, oh my God, I've got no contact with anyone and I've got no options. Every rider who hasn't signed a deal for next year has got either one or two options where they are heading in the right direction. There's no one on this list like, okay, uh, someone like Beaton, mate. I don't know what Beaton's going to do. Um, but so that's a major question mark. Because I think okay. FNH are going to go back to okay. two MX2 riders. So I don't right. think FNH will ride. So that kind of puts Beaton out there. Right. Um, so that kind of puts Beaton out there looking for something. Yeah. Um, but apart, yeah, that's the only name. To be honest, that's the only name on Ferrato. I don't know what Ferrato would do. Someone told me that Ferrato, they they had heard, uh, not a good source, but someone told me they had heard that Ferrato was linked to Kawasaki. But from talking to other people and trying to confirm that, I don't think so. Um, okay. So I actually don't obviously Tixier is is doing his own thing. If um if F, if SM Action do stop, then I don't know what Ferrato would do because what one thing I have kind of realised or noticed is. It, we don't really have satellite teams so much, especially if we're going to lose some. Like you kind of factory, or you're really not factory. The middle ground is kind of disappearing. Okay, you have Gebel, which is where like that, but yeah, because you you had like we were rich with um, satellite teams in in nineteen, eighteen, and nineteen. Because what what about someone like JWR? Obviously, they're gonna they, they've got some spots opening up. Are, are there are there any talk about who's going to be going to JWR? Um, Pooches will be back. I mean, they must have. They want one other rider who's quite. They want a good one other good rider. From what I hear, um, but they're going to stick with Pooches. Yeah, they're going to give him one more year. Fair play. Um, that's that's but, that's 
that's cool to hear that's commitment if they can get if they and can loyalty get, uh, if they can get riders believing in their program they could have their pick of some pretty solid guys they could this could be a very good year for I them because they've got the infrastructure in already program is the issue the, the only thing is though right is i, I find that yeah I, I i can understand that but at the end of the day They've been there since 2018, gone through COVID, everything. Yeah, it's we like, don't need your speech about JWR. We've all heard it enough. Uh, hey, look, I, I'm not. I'm just saying that it's like people keep questioning. The, the guys have still been there. Yeah, but that's not, no one's, no one's questioning whether they're going to turn up. But that's not a question. No, no, one's, no, one's, talking, just, no one's talking to them. I'm just saying, right, riders, who are, this week. riders who are looking for a ride in MXGP, it's a good option. Well, for some, it's the only option. Yeah. But then also the alternative nothing. is you you go to a national championship, you wait in the wings if there's a fill-in ride. So they're like, that's the tough decision yeah. that some have to make. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I mean, I mean take Adam Sterry for the, for the moment, right? So um, he came back, then the, the, the Raider midweek series, beat everyone, Tommy, everybody else, da, da, da. Um, rode MXGP the weekend. What did he score the weekend? Uh, it was to be honest, he jumped back in right where he was all along, kinda. Like yeah, fifteenth to seventeenth. Yeah, which is a solid, you know, solid top twenty guy. Um, but it's like, will he get an opportunity next year? You know, it's not when there's you know people like Beaton and stuff like that who who literally haven't got a deal. This is what I mean. Once you get out of MXGP, it's so freaking hard to get back in. Yeah. No, it is. You can argue yeah, you do or disagree with that. About in a second, who 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 has gone out of MXGP and come back in? Well, successfully, Rio is trying to do it at the moment. Um, yeah, but that the difference with him is he's got a Swedish-backed company which Swiss. believes in him and Swedish athletes. Swiss, like Swiss. Yeah, sorry, Swiss athletes. So, t- give me another one apart from that one because that's a very yeah, bad. He's not actually um, back. That's what I'm saying. He's trying. He's also trying. Yeah. Yeah, but he he has an avenue which is um, Swiss backed um, teams, and doing a Swiss championship and so on. The it's good for their business. Is my point. Um, okay, but that that's his. Well, if it's not working there, it's never going to work. But um, wh- what other riders gone out and come back in? Uh, there isn't. There isn't. It's a graveyard. You get out of MXGP, you are not getting back. It's got to be one, unless literally there isn't. You can be here all day, buddy. Don't call and me please buddy. don't I'm tell me who um, this. This is what happens when you can't think of one. You get ooh touchy. Uh, it's got to be someone. Oh, it must hurt so bad. It must hurt so bad. Strive be wrong, you actually not even. <laughs> you keep going. Um, I think you're boring everybody now. Um, at home, so you know you're right. I mean, they all start. Yeah, I know. You you go out of MXGP, and that's why that's why you look at teams like JWR and everything else, right? If that's last case scenario, you make sure you get your ass on that seat of that team. Forget what people are saying. Get your ass on that team. Give them a call. Get on it because okay, if you don't go there, you are not in MXGP. Um. Anyway, thanks for that. Uh, Watson. Um, Watson did well. Step forward made some positive changes with the bike was the happiest he's been in a while so that's good and you know perfect timing because Lommel's coming up and who knows who knows who knows I tell you what 
Like, okay, maybe it's... What would what would you do if the Watson wagon podiumed? Well, no, I was just going to say, it's unlike, I guess it's unlikely to happen, but if he got on a podium, it would be like the ultimate comeback story. I think you would actually combust. No. Literally, you would just burst into a ball of wagon Watson flames. I think um, I think most underrated rider this year, as a on a whole, oh, yeah. is Van here Donald. we go. Yeah, he's he he's done well. I I, so I feel like I feel like you say that to every single week. That exact, that no, exact listen with everything. Yeah, he's done. Listen, well. that when when we were talking about riders who haven't got deals, that's what I was hoping you were going to talk about was Jacoby and Van Donick. Because it's both of those of you know, they've been there or thereabouts, and Van Donick's put in some some really good rides this year. Oh, I imagine I, I imagine Van Donick will be back at Riley Racing, and Jacoby will be, will be back at Jackie Martins. But he, yeah, he uh, was it. Uh, what was the race where he finished top three? And that doesn't matter. Hang on, let me just. No, go it was through. France, but it doesn't matter. France. It does matter. But like a third in France but, doesn't like matter. What the race was so one, one for Vlanderen in Sardinia doesn't matter. You, like we know it happened. You don't need to look at the location, like because it doesn't. That's not relevant. Like we all know it happened. Well, no, because um, we know that particular people listen to this podcast, and sometimes they need reminded. Okay, brilliant. Um, Jonas, uh, Jonas, bloody hell, Jonas! He so fast, looks good. And it's got to come together soon, but first turn crash in the first race, uh, first lap crash in the second race, cut his arm up really bad. I don't. Th- I still think they don't actually know Seriously, what cut it. You've been beating this drum since the start of the year. Was it this year or last year you were saying, oh, is it a practice track? And Jonas, I'm telling you, you look so fast. Um, I was just trying to tell you about Jonas's trip to hospital, but you chose to, instead of me telling you about that very <laughs> insightful bit of information. Um, you- Sorry, crack on. Tell us tell us more about your lover, don't Jonas. Uh, no, it's fine, because everyone listens to this podcast for humour instead of motocross, apparently. Um, Jonas crashed second race on the first lap, and they still don't know what cut his arm. I think they don't know anyway. But basically, he cut his arm so much that his bike, gear, everything was just covered in blood. Like, the bike was covered in blood. Three people on the team said it looked like he'd hit a deer. Um, so we had to go to hospital to get that stitched up. Um, That's funny. He had to go to hospital to get to hospital to get that stitched up, but he should be fine for this weekend. Another one, he was on the podium in uh, Lommel last year, so he's another one. Potentially, maybe Lommel is good for, good for him. It could be good for Ben. It could be good for Calvin. It could be good for Bogus. It could be good for insert rider here. Um, Lommel actually should be the most wide open race of the year, I would think. It's going to be so so good, and and you got people like Coolis is going to do. Is going to be there or thereabouts top ten, I think. Um, February was sick, so he didn't ride the second race. I went to a practice track yesterday, um, which was like a mini GP. Everyone, ooh, tell us more. I'm ex- see. This is the stuff I get excited about. Tell me. But I sit in it. I was at a practice oh, track yesterday. Sake. It was like a mini GP. Everyone was there. <laughs> what, what do you want? Um, Honestly, but Fevra wasn't there because he they um, said it was wasn't worth him riding because he was still getting over his sickness. So like, what's the point in coming out? And it, obviously, it was really hot here, like it was everywhere else in Europe. Um, yeah. So they said, what's the point in him riding today? And then like setting himself back for the weekend. Um, but no, everyone was there: Caroli, Prado, uh, Factory Yamaha, Factory Gasgas, Factory Husqvarna, Caroli, Factory Kawasaki. Um, yeah, everyone. 
literally everyone. Sterry, Jackie Martins, um, JWR, you'll be pleased to hear. Uh, <laughs> literally everyone. Um, it's like a GP. That's Biggest cool. takeaway, and I, yeah. I don't know why this, this is what I like. This shouldn't be news. Right. Broly's very fast. Very fast. And I know that he finished top five in an AMA national like literally a month ago, two months ago. But for some reason, I was very surprised to see him keep pace with Prado. <laughs> That's cool. But then it got me thinking, if Crowley raced this weekend, he probably could win. Because it's sand. And like I say, this... you think you put the retired label on Crowley, but he actually did race a month ago and finished top five in a very competitive championship. So actually, it shouldn't really be a surprise at all. And, and then, uh, yeah, I think that if he raced this weekend, I think he probably could win it. <sighs> What a story that would be. I mean, he's not racing this weekend, but I feel like, especially because we're now lacking a sand specialist in the class. Yeah, I feel sad. So you build me up, and then you just drop me. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this as well, actually, and you're going to get on me about this, but never mind. Oh, um, okay. So all year, yep. Stratibos has been telling me, off the record, Ben's really fast in practice. Like, most days, he's faster than Roman. He's really fast in practice. Like, it's, we need to just bring that to the races. And yesterday, I saw it with my own eyes. And he isn't lying. <laughs> like, it is there. <laughs> um, I, so, so when you say he is fast, so, so are you saying that he was staying with Prado and people like that? Well, I didn't see him go face-to-face, but he is on, on pace with those riders, yes. Damn. But um, he was talking... I did what quite, a conundrum Ben Watson is. I did quite an in-depth uh, interview with him on Sunday night. Um. And he explained that he actually went into it in quite a lot of detail. Um, it was like 12 minutes, so I won't break it all down. But if you want to hear what uh, Ben Watson analyzed his season and where, where things have maybe been going a bit wrong, um, Fly Racing Post Race Podcast on the MX Highest Podcast Network. Hit at it. Okay, I, um, might listen, I might listen to that. A little tip of the hat uh, Kevin Bruman, first MXGP race, scored points in both motos. Um, well, I wanted to talk to you about this because when I was watching it, I was literally we were literally saying who was going to have the so it was him, it was Conrad, and who else was it? Fredrickson. Fredrickson. Uh, we both said we believe Fredrickson was going to be the star. Uh, that went very wrong. Um, then we thought Conrad's going to be either third or thirtieth. Did I say that or did you say that? I think we all said that. I think, like, I, think I said that. Third, said that. Third or thirtieth, and we kind of dismissed Bruman. <laughs> and lo and behold, I like, don't know fair if this play is true. Someone, he scored points. Someone told me that Bruman knocked himself out on Tuesday before Lockett. <laughs> really? I don't know why I'm laughing at that, but I don't know. If, maybe cool. I misheard, and I don't know if it's true, that's cool because I'm not sure if that's medically possible. <laughs> What actually he done it to himself? No, like, like as in, no, like at Lobo, like head. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like I don't know if it's actually medically possible to do that on Tuesday and then go and race on Sunday and Saturday, but I'm pretty sure someone told me that. Well, um, it is if you didn't tell anyone. Um, but yeah, no, uh, he was he was actually good to be fair. And when you look at the riders he beat, like Kulas only scored one point. Um, Muse didn't score any points. Like that is worthy of some sort of recognition. Yeah. Absolutely, and um, I'm guessing he's not a sound special, um, a sound specialist for this year, this weekend coming. No, but this who is a span sound specialist is Comrade Spand. So all eyes on Comrade this weekend. I feel right now. Here's the question: 
being that, you know, this could be the perfect GP for him to showcase his skills and he gets 27th. No, he just has to get points. At all costs, he has to get at least a point. Finishing outside of the points is not going to be acceptable for Conrad at Lommel. He has to at least score a point. Otherwise, I question whether he'll continue to have that bike. Yeah, He has to score a point at Lommel. It's Lommel and it's Conrad. He has to. Um, and to be honest... You've got to think he could be on a bloody 85 and, and still score a point at Lommel. And to be honest, attrition, he may be able to score points at Lommel just by keeping going. Because obviously everyone, people are going to fade, people are going to bow out um, and whatnot. I've got to be honest, that's kind of excited me now. What? I'm, I'm excited about seeing what he can do at Lommel. Well, there were people who were excited about seeing what he could do at Lockett. Oh no, I was one of them, but then I'm I'm now, like you're saying, sand specialists. We're going with Lommel. Okay. Um Please get fucking points. Who's gonna who's gonna win Lommel, MXGP? Comrade Muse. <laughs> no. Um no, I'm gonna go um with I don't know. I mean guys is good in sand. He's underrated. Didn't he win like two years ago or last year? Uh twenty nineteen went two two. 2019. Um, and he did look good. Uh, but do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Koldenhoff done well. Uh, 2019, when guys are one, uh, Koldenhoff was third overall. Hmm. What do you think Fevre was second overall? I think guys are went 2-2, Fevre went 5-1, and then Koldenhoff went 4-3 from memory. Yeah. February was good as well, um, but he's not 100%. So, all right, should we do a top three? No, do you want to know who you think is going to win Lommel? Okay, I'm going to go with Prado. I, I also think Prado. I think that bike works a lot better in the sand, um, and I think that Prado. I, I think even if his bike shit in the sand, I think even if his bike shit in the sand, he still got, he's still so fucking good that he'll get that. To a one-one. When you think about it, Sardinia, he went three-three or whatever he did, um, and that was with riding once beforehand and coming off of a shoulder injury. So, yeah, using that logic, I would say that Prado wins Lommel. Are you a little bit surprised that I said Prado? No. Why would I be surprised? Are you sure? You felt you felt. I, I just felt like you were a little bit disappointed. Not at all. Not at all. I felt like you were waiting for me to come out with some ludicrous answer that you were going to ridicule. Nope, not at all. But anyway, James, that concludes part one. I need a break because you've been a lot. <laughs> what? What's wrong with you? Flight racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, cone-hood EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts, MXGPTV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. We will be back in just two minutes with a little bit of MX2 talk, but mainly your Liat Ask Vice Anything questions. See you in a minute. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. 
Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 104 of the MX Vice Show podcast. It's for Jeremy Sado episode. Oh, hey. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Ashton oh, Races, and Armour Nutrition. This is part two. And part two is presented by our friends at Scott Sports. The Scott Prospect Amplifier Goggle not only defends, but also amplifies your vision while riding. The advanced pre-curved lenses are injection molded to provide greatly improved contrast and optical clarity allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. With over 50 years of experience producing market-leading goggles for the motocross and off-road market, the engineers at Scott have taken off-road optical performance to the next level with the Scott Amplifier Prospect Goggle. The Scott Amplifier Tint is designed to let some specific colours through to your eye while filtering out others to create a high contrast within the terrain that you are looking at. What are the main benefits of this technology, you ask? One, it allows you to see contours, ruts, and transitions in the dirt in ultra-high definition. Two, it works for motocross, enduro, rally, and everything in between. Three, it builds rider confidence and speed through improved visual clarity. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com and amplify your vision. Scott Sports, a lot going on there. Um, Some cool stuff coming up in the month of August, which we'll share on this podcast, as well as social media, and a lot to look forward to always from such a quality brand like Scott Sports. Hi, James. Hi, Lewis. Please be better in this part than the first part. What, so be less me? It was honestly bordering on unbearable in the first part. Really? Yeah, so just take that on board and, you know, you can be better. I know you can be better. Um, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you who can't be better. Uh, can't be better? Uh, please tell me. I was thinking this at the weekend. So Rentful 
the winning brand in manufacturing and design for the last half century, who continue to lead the world at the very top level of the sport, amassing more championship titles than all competing brands combined, you know, I know that records yeah, are unsurpassable with 239 US titles and 232 world titles for 470 yep. major championship titles combined. You know, yep. thanks to the hard work, education to detail, the Rentful Factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals since the beginning in 1969. You know, Rentful. I was thinking, yeah, the weekend. guys who perfected handlebars. Is there any brand? I was, I this obviously I drove to Lockett, so I had a lot of time to think. Is there any brand who has a better athlete lineup than Rentful? There can't be. No, li- it's literally no. impossible when you think about it. Using Rentful are off just literally a couple of names for you: Roxon, Sexton, Jet Lawrence, Tim Geyser, Prado, Sewer. Like that's just random couple of names I've picked out of a hat. If you want to go yeah, into I Britain, mean, you can go Ben Watson, Tommy Searle. Uh, if you want to go, like, you get what I mean. If you want to go into France, Tom Vial, Maxime Renault, like, Roman Fevre, Like It's crazy. Crazy. that the, the product is so good that people don't need to be paid. They, they, they choose to use the product. So riders, professional riders, choose to use that product. When you think That's, about it. I just is I I would argue that there's no brand in the world, even outside of motocross, that has an athlete lineup like that. No, no, no it's it, for good we, reason. Too. Yeah, it's a great product. It's, it will it ever get better? Like, be bettered, oh, or will they produce? Better? Oh, bettered by other people? No, the bettered no, by other people. Not. No, because everyone's just always chasing, and while Brentford are evolving other people are trying to chase where they are currently. So it's just always going to be a case of... Um... As they say, Lewis, there's levels to this game. Levels. Yeah, it just was randomly... It came across my mind randomly, but literally, like, I don't think there's any brand worldwide in any sport or anything that has an athlete lineup like that. Or even dominates a market like that. There's no... To dominate a market like that, when you think about it, the, the number of motocross riders worldwide who, who use Rentful is similar to the amount of people worldwide who have an iPhone. Like, similar market share. Apple, Rentful. I, you were going really well. <laughs> no, it's true. Until you came out with that crazy stat. Well, no, I'm, t- I'm talking about motocross versus, like, obviously I'm talking about two different worlds. Life. <laughs> Life. The number of motocross. I was like, saying people have eyes. No, like the number of the number of um the the number of iPhones sold in that market, the percentage that Apple dominate the market must be similar to to the way that Renfall dominates this market. Yeah, you got you got to believe that pretty much. I mean, I see it from even Strokes' point of view. Um, every handlebar that's bought for even Strokes is Renfall. You know. Th- that's just a a small online shop, but that tells you everything. Hundred percent sales are rentful. Anyway, no other handlebar is being is is being built apart from rentful. Talking about rentful, uh, which rentful rider is going to win the MX2 World Championship? Hmm. Because well, wasn't that a top leader of you one? Gertz is starting to look like the guy a little bit. Again, who was the guy who came out at the start of the year? Like. Can I mean I like it. it it's it's fascinating. It, it's brought interest to that series because these guys are just bouncing back and forth. Wait, so let me tell you what what sounds more impressive. Um, moto results over the last eight rounds. What who sounds more, more impressive? 
Gertz with 1112122222223231 or Vial with 53521111131 DNF1102. <laughs> it's pretty close. I would say that the Gertz's record over the last eight rounds is more impressive. And I'll tell you what, I said this in the Racer X review podcast with Adam Wheeler on Monday morning. Um, consistency. Great for you to drop that one in there. Consistency. Somehow, I didn't realize that we were cross advertising stuff now. Consistency somehow has become Gertz's greatest strength. And I don't understand how that's happened because if there's one guy who doesn't know consistency, it's Jago Gertz. Yeah. I, I was discussing the same thing on um, uh, with Brad Wheeler on the uh, the British podcast show. Um, exactly the same that thing. It doesn't even exist to download next week. It does. It does. It's coming back. And also, um, so yeah, I was discussing, with... discussing a Belgian rider on the British podcast show. Yeah, I was discussing it. Just uh, if you if you want to give out shout outs to your um, stuff that you're working on the side, then I can do stuff which I'm working on with MX Vice. Except you're not actually uh, working on it. <laughs> yep, I am. <laughs> Yep, anyway, who's going to win this championship? Because I've always said uh, Vial. Uh, but. Yeah, I'm still going Vial. I don't know. Gertz has definitely made me think now. I can tell you Oh, that. no, he's looking good. He's looking good. He's looking good. I'm just waiting for a little Gertz moment. But then. How is his social media at the moment? Is it is that improved? Yes. I like, Ever like, since. Like Jesus, I reached down with a helping <laughs> hand. Offered some advice. Well, I thought the guy, I think the guy wanted to, he was hunting you down at a GP and wanted to kill you. Yeah, but then I offered some advice and now we're good. <laughs> um, Amazing. I'm not, Amazing. I'm not you are this. that guy, you're that guy who could literally fall down in a pile of shit and, and would come up smelling of, of roses. Oh yeah, luck you is are definitely always on my side. But anyway. Oh, it is. So you're thinking Vial's winning this championship. Yeah. Done. I guess I think the biggest thing on my mind is supposedly Vial didn't have a problem in that first race on Sunday. So how does he finish 10th? I looked closely. I thought he didn't have a rear brake, but they say there was no problem. But I tried to look as he was riding around and I thought there was no rear brake, but I got told that he has no prob- he had no problem. So um, he, had, he had no problem in 10th. He was lapping like three seconds a lap slower than like fifth place. I still refuse to believe there wasn't a problem. And I feel like my eyes saw no rear brake. But maybe I imagined it and just saw what I wanted to see or something. But um, if there was no problem, then that's got to be a bit of a concern. Because there was... Well, if you look at it, every moto he had finished until that point had been in the top five. And actually, before that moto, every moto he had finished except for two had been in the top three. That's not talked about enough. Yeah. I, I I know you're trying to like play this out, but Vial has this. I think Vial wins this weekend. I don't think he wins by enough to get the red plate back. I don't think he'll claw back um, eight points in one day. But I reckon by the end of this weekend, we'll be back to one or two point difference. And then, yeah. actually, I said this at the top of the show. So rumor, heavy rumor, is Oman's cancelled. Um Basically, teams have been told not to book anything for Oman, which would indicate that it's probably going to be cancelled. Um, and if so, it won't be replaced, it sounds like, which means we do just have Belgium, Sweden, Finland, France, Turkey remaining. 
crunch time, you could say. Crunch time. Yeah, that's. I think that has a huge impact on the on the series for the riders. What we're kind of looking at, thinking, do you know what? I could pull some some points back here and there, but it's just got one less. Well, it's not just that, so. But... It is literally. It's going to be now or never. For I think I think this is where we see Vial sort of grab it and run with it. The margin of error now for Gertz and Vial is much smaller because an error is even more costly because there's not there's one less opportunity to make up for that. Being seven yeah. points down with six rounds to go sounds a lot nicer than being seven points down with or eight points down, sorry, with five rounds to go. Sounds like a big difference. Yeah. No, I I think I think hands down, um uh Vial has got his championship. Do you think he beats Gertz at Lommel? Yeah, because little known fact, Vial has a better record at Lommel than Gertz. No one realizes this. But actually huh. Vial has won at Lommel more than Gertz because Gertz crashes a lot at Lommel. In the past, maybe that's different this year, but in the past, Vial has a better record at Lommel than Gertz. That year, when we had a triple header at Lommel, um, Vial Ooh, won the painful. first two and Watson won the last one. Gertz didn't even win one of those. And then last no, year he, at Lommel, he was he was self-destructing. Last year at Lommel, I'm pretty sure Vial won as well. I'm pretty sure. Uh, please hold. Gertz was so, so fast that year at Lommel, but just couldn't keep okay, it on two wheels. my mistake, Gertz did win Lommel last year. And actually, Vial went... Oh, look at you making 11. a mistake. What the hell happened to Vial at Lommel last year? Ooh. 4-11. I can't think, for the life of me, I cannot remember what happened for him to get 11th. Okay, here's an interesting scenario. Um, well, if that happens again, Vial goes four. Yeah, if 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 Vial goes four eleven and Gertz goes one one, I'm really bracking my brain, but I can't think of it, and I'm going to waste too much time trying to think of it. So we'll move on. But still, the point stands: yeah. Vial does have a better record at Lommel than Gertz. Like that is fact. Okay, Gertz won last year, but Vial does have more more overall wins than Gertz at Lommel, and has beaten Gertz more than Gertz has beaten him in the sand. So. There you go. And also, let's not forget, Sardinia this year, Vial won, I think. Although now I'm questioning everything. <laughs> Including life. Um, no, Vial, Vial, yeah, Vial went 2-1 at Lommel, Gertz went 1-2. So there you go. But really, there is nothing in it. I can We can pull out these stats and we can pull out what happened in the past, but clearly there is nothing in it. No, and, and, we, and we know Gertz has heavily improved this year. Um, you know, the, the mistakes are way more minimal than they were in previous years. So that part, whether it's a concentration thing, um, whether he's taken uh, armor fire, uh, is very good for concentration. Oh, my God. Um, what? Just, do, uh, just do you want to drop that in anymore? What? What? Just, I'm just saying is maybe his concentration's improved. Maybe he's found a product that really works for him. Anyway. Um, yeah, the 2023 MX2 world champion Simon Lagenfelder was very good again. <laughs> oh, that is a brave shout! I've said it for weeks. I think yeah. I would bet money right now, Simon Lagenfelder, the 2023 MX2 world champion. What? Well, so you think if Gertz um, wins this championship, he's not go? You think that he's not going anywhere, is he? Gertz wins this championship, he's staying MX2. Yes. Yeah. If Vial wins his championship, 
he has to go up. No, Viao is just going up no matter what. He's got well, if he wins the championship, he does have to go up, but even if he loses it, he will not be in MX2 next year, no matter in any circumstance. Okay. Will that be in uh MX2 in obviously he's not gonna be in MX2 in Europe, but will that be MX2 in, in America? Obviously, he will be in on a 250 in America. Right. Um, so what we've got here is we've got also MX2 somebody who could America, yeah, so Gertz is going to try and sandbag if he wins the World Championship another year. Oh, my God. Um, what? Nothing. What? What's wrong with you? No, just, like, I don't know what you're trying to get out of saying shit like that. No, I'm just saying that. If, if Gertz wins the championship this year, stays down and goes for another one, he is staying uh, down it's going to be Gertz. Under no circumstances, Gertz going on to a 450. He will be in MX2 next year. Okay, Gertz Lagenfelder. Um, Beniston DeWolf. Horkmo, Harrop, Beniston DeWolf. Those are your four. Beniston DeWolf. Everts. Lagenfelder. Gertz. Everts. Right, thank you for that. What and your point, or are you just listing MX2 riders? Well, I'm uh, no, I'm just looking at what the ride uh, who the riders Simone, are and just thinking Roman, Polak, are we just naming riders or are we gonna do you have anything to offer? No, no, no. I'm just I'm just thinking, um, is there a, a, an argument against Lagenfelder being your twenty twenty three champion? Is there well, I don't know, I threw it out there five minutes ago, it? and ever since you've just been babbling. See, uh, Right, so I, I think and I talked about this last week. I think Beniston. Yes, Beniston was great in Lockett again. Has really surprised me this year. I never thought it'd be this good, especially coming off of an injury. Never in a million years did I think that he would be um, arguably better than Gertz and maybe better than Vial as well. You can definitely open a conversation about Beniston being the number one guy in this championship at the moment, I think. Although he's only won one GP. Um, he's definitely in that mix, in that conversation. Um, Shall we place... A crazy bet. £250. Benestant finishes in front of um, Lagenfelder next year. No, because I would take either Lagenfelder or Benestant. I'll give oh. you're, so, you're no fun. It's like you've grown up and become sensible and boring. Okay, brilliant. Um, no, that's just my opinion. I do genuinely think that um, Lagenfelder is going to be world champion. If not next year, definitely the year after. Will Rubini be in the MX2 class for the 18th year? Oh my God. No, he's moving up because he's too old. That was a joke, but obviously you've got no sense of no, humor. But it's just random, isn't it? Anyway, let's what move on What is wrong with you? Because that MX2 segment go well. There's nothing really to talk about, is there? Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve year after year. The 2022 gear is available worldwide and there is new stuff on the way. Little uh, really? sneaky tip for you. Uh, keep an eye on Ooh. FNH Racing this weekend and Camden McClellan in, M in the EMX 250 class as they will be running a little, a little something that's coming from Liat in the not-so-distant future. <sighs> So if you want to look, exciting, sir. If you want to exciting. buy twenty twenty two gear from Liat, it's available now worldwide, of course. If you want a little sneak peek of what you could get in the not so distant future, keep an eye on the Liat athletes at Lommel this weekend. Would be my advice. Of course, Liat also uh, goggles, helmets, neck braces. It's funny we never mentioned the neck braces, but then I guess oh, neck braces are so freaking good. Okay, honestly, yeah. 
So good. Similar. Okay. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Right. Ask Vice anything time. Many questions this week. I'm just going to pull those up for you. That's all right. You pick your favorite ones. Yep, I sure will. Um, <laughs> right. Question one. Jesus, there's a lot this week. Seems to be going up for some reason. Anyway, I like this question. Cal Crossland 26. Favorite kit bike setup over the years? Do you want to know what is my all time? I will never, ever, it will never be beaten in my mind. <sighs> It, did it involve Josh Coppins? Carmichael at the 2005 Nations. Number 101, which is the trickiest number in the world. No one can tell me otherwise. The Fox gear he wore, unreal. Graphics on his Suzuki, unreal. Helmet, unreal. The whole thing was literally unbeatable. It will never be better, never be bettered in my mind. Maybe someone will match it, but there's absolutely no way that a complete setup, number included, can look better than that. Hmm. You? Uh, I'm going to go with um, the 1987 uh, Rick Johnson Anaheim. Uh, I think it's bad to the bone. JT Racing Gear. Cool, you are old, aren't you? Honestly, those guys were before their time. JT Racing back then with bad to the bone, Dalmatian. Seriously. No, I'm sorry, but they were way, way ahead. Thomas Rakak1, can we get an update on the bullet? Is he getting ready for the nations? So I think I said last week that Hurlings was down on the entry list for a Belgian international race on August the 15th. I got told yesterday that he's not racing that and he shouldn't be on the entry list. Um, that's about all I've got on Hurlings because it honestly has changed so much lately that it's, uh, you need a private investigator to figure that one out. I feel, my gut feeling is that if this was a, if the Nations was going to be at Lommel, he would be doing it. But new bike, limited race time, he obviously wouldn't be 100%. Does he really want to go to Redbud? Not 100%. I don't think that's how Hurlings does things. I don't know though, because like I say, it does seem to change all of the time. I f- believe... We should know a little bit more in one or two weeks. Although I will say as well, Hurlings did post on Instagram last week with a caption that just said 2023. So, um, Yeah, I mean, we've been have- we've been beating this bloody drum all year, what he's going to do, what he's not going to do. I can't... What, what's the point in him coming back for a couple of GPs? Well, maybe he's got some sort of thing in his contract that he has to complete at least one race to unlock X amount of money. I don't know. Could be. like Maybe. Money motivated. You don't know what... Um, you don't know what's in these contracts as clauses, do you? Um, Aiden C one two one. Should MXGP change the qualification format to the same as MotoGP? I can't answer that. I have no idea what they do in MotoGP. Do they even qualify? What? Yeah, they, like I don't know. All I know is that they ride on the road. <laughs> do you have any idea? <laughs> a little bit more than you, but um, I, I have actually got my second favorite kit. Oh, brilliant. and Sepp was Carmichael from 2007 Motocross Nations. I didn't like that gear. I do because I've got a helmet in my in the podcast room. It didn't, and um, also the shirt. I didn't like it. I don't. I didn't like that gear. It didn't do it for me at all. Well, 
It was too um, tribal. Says the guy who owns one Kex hoodie and wears black all the time. Okay. When was the last time you saw me, James? Uh, so, have you actually got a new hoodie? Well, you saw, last time you saw me was Matterly, so that was six... I bet you still go wearing that same hoodie. Okay, thanks. Uh, Luck MX, if you can choose an American rider, not pro yet, to ride a full MX2 season, who would you pick? Um, I know what you're going to say. I tell you what, I would love to I know what you're going to say. Do something in Europe. Something. Yeah, not a full cool. season. That would be cool. Something. Give us something. Anything. One wild card race, like I said to someone yesterday, actually. Um, obviously, it sounds like Ryder D's contract for next year is amateur and then turn pro for the Nationals. So turn pro, end of May. Why don't like Kawasaki just ring up FNH and be like, we want him to do two EMX races? Imagine the attention that would get. I mean, realistically, there is nothing for him to gain by doing that. But I just feel like the attention and hype surrounding that would be quite exciting. Um, I got one. Who? But he's kind of, he's 19, so he's quite old. Time off already. No, uh, Max Boland. If you can choose an American rider who is not pro yet. Yeah, but I want that one. Okay. Greg underscore Wilcox 28. Out of everyone in MX2, who do you think will be the most successful in MXGP? That's hard. What was the question? Out of everyone in MX2, who do you think will be the most successful in MXGP? See, I think Gertz should go up. I think he would suit a 450. Why? He's small, he crashes. Yeah, I do. I think it would be exciting. Okay. Um... I would say Beniston because of his frame, his uh, long legs, etc. But I heard at the weekend that Beniston's Yamaha contract has a clause in it that something happens. I don't know what the clause is, but basically the clause is go to America one day. I don't know really? what I don't know what gets him to that point, but I did overhear someone say that his contract basically has XXX equals go to America. So I wonder whether we'll even ever see him on a 450 in GPs ever. Um, let's see here. What else have we got? Wesley underscore Stonel. Why are Sewer's followers lower when he is literally the best personality in the sport? Um, he's got 120,000 followers. To be honest with you, MXGP riders don't have that many followers compared to American riders. Um, no. If, if he was in America, it would be, you know, five times up. Sewer uh, does have a good personality, though, and I feel like pat on the back to MX Vice for bringing that out of it, bringing him out of his shell and showcasing him yep. to the world. Um, I'm going to play golf with Sewer lately. Later, actually, you're going to play golf. Yeah. Or, or are you just going to stand? No, there I'm going to play golf. What well, actually use a club and hit a ball? Yeah, I used to have lessons, didn't I? I'm quite good. Okay, that sounds uh, brilliant. Yeah, that was such a fake laugh. Like, no, but um, do you know what the funniest thing is? What is Sean will be better than you? Okay, brilliant. Uh, Blake Maitland has there been talks of Slovenia hosting a GP so guys that can have a home, a true home GP? That was actually that was actually on the cards like five years ago. There was talk of that, but it's literally disappeared. Um, so I guess let's be honest. I'd imagine that if they did a GP in Slovenia, 
it would be a logistics nightmare and they'd have to cram everyone into like a quite small facility. So I'm guessing they just couldn't find somewhere that did the job. Denmark will be added to the calendar quite soon. I realise that's very far from Slovenia, but um, if you want a new European country added to the calendar, then I expect to see Denmark in 2024. Um, That'd be good. Uh, we answered about Kevin Bruma's, Bruma's performance, but good to see that someone actually asked about and someone cares about the people lower down the order. Uh, Aaron Lewis, 225, you keep saying you'd like to see so-and-so on a PC or Star 250 for the MXON. What makes you think that Mitchell Star would want to help a Euro team beat the USA? I I don't think legally or... <laughs> I don't think legally they can go, no, we're not going to give you a bike because we don't like the country you're from. <laughs> I feel like that opens up a little box of issues, doesn't it, on a legal front? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Good point, though. No, they all, it's always been a thing. They're always going to help. It's like, you scratch our back, you scratch yours. When they come to Europe, they get help. Let's uh, answer the same about whenever the Americans come to Assen, Erne, whatever. Like, well, why do the European teams help? It's just, like, they're linked by the manufacturer, and the manufacturer, at the end of the day, couldn't care less about what country wins. They just care about Yamaha, etc., winning individually and having a Yamaha rider on the podium. Um. Two seconds. I just need to switch apps quickly. My phone has just absolutely killed itself, which is a problem, of course. Um, well, it is if the questions are on there. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's see what else we've got here. Schwickster420. Uh, Any more Jonas and Seward interviews this year, or has Lewis basically gotten them banned from doing interviews? No, I can confirm. We will be back it's in not normal. not been an easy ride though has it Lewis that's fine I'm over it we will you had a, you had a very emotional weekend uh, I just said it's very fine emotional. I'm over it but we will be back with Jonas and Sewer interviews in Lommel and I have to say Jonas and Sewer interviews every single time make me very happy because they are just great and I feel like they are what MXGP needs is a true riders truly looking at this as a world championship and holding themselves in a regard where they feel like they can make comments about bike setup and whatever they feel to because at the end of the day this is a world championship this isn't just a fun thing if they feel that they've got a comment to make about something then they feel that they, they feel they have the platform to say it and more power to them um do you do you think that american riders have it more easy than european riders no. With like being able to do these interviews and talking. No, because no one in America is actually as honest as Sue and Jonas. Really? So you think that this is actually a good thing for the world championship because it's refreshing? No. Fuck, you really love putting fucking thoughts in people's mouths, don't you? Um, I'm just asking the questions. It's like, why, you know, you're asking those questions and Jonas and Sue are, you know, are, are very open and honest. and That's fantastic. Um, what's the benefit of that for for, for those guys? Like people like their people like their interviews, so they become fans of them because it's a bigger picture now, isn't it, than just results. Everyone like you become you Greg you gain fans by what you do off the track. And what Sewer and Jonas have gained off the track this year is massively beneficial to their teams and sponsors and future contracts, I believe. Um Final okay. question, Chris United 93. Not really a question, oh, so maybe not final question. Not really a question, but how good was it to see two classes with full gates at a world championship for the first time in a while? Um this goes back to what I think we've said for years now. There is literally no rhyme or reason to the entries at GPs. There isn't, like, what what made Lockett have full gates? Honestly, okay, there was no EMX 250, which helped MX2, but why did MXGP have full gates at Lockett? Honestly, 
I don't think there is any logical explanation. It just seems to be uh, completely random. Yeah, I think you could bring like a professor like coming in for like, you know, analysis and would just be like, yeah, I'm stuck. Like there's literally no formula here which is going to help us. Like because it's just so weird how one weekend four gates. There's no pattern. Because at all. I mean, Lommel, you've kind of got to think that you're going to get four gates out, yeah? No, why would you? Lots of everyone gets is scared of that challenge. Okay, Sweden. No, it's too far for a lot of people. Oh, and Finland's going to be the same. News. Um, MXGP of Oman has been postponed to 2023, as I literally just said, and it will not be replaced. Shocker. Five rounds to go. Ludel, Lommel, Udavala, Hyvinka, St. John, Turkey. Well done, Lewis Luongo. What? For breaking that news. Um, yeah, so no Oman, which means my Dubai holiday has just disappeared. Yep. But at least you still got Turkey. Yeah, I, I do like Turkey. And interestingly, as I refresh the calendar, it's disappeared. So yes, um, that is confirmed now. Five rounds to go. There was rumours that it would be replaced oh, by... Oh, man. Brilliant. Uh, that is Leah Ask Vice Anything thank you for all of your questions and comments as always much appreciated we appreciate your support of this podcast and remember keep an eye on the Leah athletes this weekend in Lommel because you will see a little something special that's coming in the future and I actually hear that FNH are going to have retro bikes this weekend and actually for those who don't know all year FNH have been pitting out of pop-up tents because they're waiting on a um I don't know what you call it. The the truck thing. Not the goldfish bowl. And uh oh, God. No. Okay, you just talk over me. It's fine. The James show. We, we enjoy that. Um, they've been waiting on that to turn up and it will be ready this weekend, I believe. So and I yeah, they're gonna have retro bikes all going on at FNH this weekend, and the Liat gear will ensure that even more people look in that direction. Right. I just hope there's no more goldfish bowls. What? They they just destroy the fan like closeness. Goldfish bowls. It's just like a barrier to like say fuck off. I actually looked at this at the weekend. Um Kawasaki's is better. HRC's does do that because they've got um graphics printed on the side, which basically even means the window isn't you can't see through the window. Kawasaki's uh, windows honestly, are really it's... clear. It's shit. Okay. Really? Like you go, you no, I don't think it's good. Like I went to Anaheim and you like, you're literally, you feel part of the team that you see the riders, everybody hanging out, you see the bikes, that's cool. And then you go to MXGP now and it is like, what is the point in going around a paddock? Yeah, I know there's two trucks that you can't see into. What is the point in walking around a paddock? Like, yeah. It's shit. Type of guy who, oh, I ordered a Coke and they've given me a Diet Coke. Well, my day's ruined. What's the point in being here? Oh, that is you. Anyway. Oh, my God. They've put potato skins on my chips. I cannot eat those chips because they got potato skins on. That's it. I'm going to throw a wobbly. I'm not eating for the rest of the day. That is part two of the MX Vice Show episode 104, the Jeremy Sado episode. And actually, I meant to say in that little mx2 section um Sado returned to gps and did very well i still feel that it is um disappointing that he didn't get to make the most of his husqvarna experience and i do believe that teams should consider him for next year if there is a good spot available 
But anyway, uh, the Scott Prospect Amplifier Goggle not only defends, but also amplifies your vision while riding. The advanced pre-curved lenses are injection molded to provide greatly improved contrast and optical clarity, allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. With over 50 years of experience producing market-leading goggles for the motocross and off-road market, the engineers at Scott have taken off-road optical performance to the next level with the Scott Amplifier Prospect Goggle. The Scott Amplifier tint is designed to let some specific colours through to your eye, while filtering out others to create a high contrast within the terrain that you are looking at. What are the main benefits of this technology, you ask? 1. It allows you to see contours, ruts and transitions in the dirt like in ultra-high definition. 2. It works for motocross, enduro, rally, and everything in between. Free, it builds rider confidence and speed through improved visual clarity. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com and amplify your vision. Thank you, Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts, Supercross, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. That is part two. We'll be back at part three in just one minute. See you in a bit. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 104 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. This is part three, and the final part of the MX Vice Show is, of course, brought to you by Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products that meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world, hence why everything the Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. And actually, a lot of FNH talk on this podcast, but they do use Prox. Why? Because they are trying to bridge the gap to factory teams in both MXGP and MX2. And to do that, you need Prox. Thank you to Prox for their continued support of the MX Vice Show. Much appreciated and a brand that we truly can get behind. So, James. So, Lewis. Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week. Again, I believe this was the bombshell last week, but it speaks to this, uh, speaks to the level of notoriety that said company is getting. World Supercross. Another announcement, Chad Reed is coming out of retirement. I did see that's a race in October for one round. Nope, he's doing the whole championship. Well done. What? Well done for keeping what date. Um, so now, if you're a British fan or European fan, go to Cardiff on October the 8th and you'll see Roxon, Tomac, Chad Reed, Max Anstey, Dean Wilson. That's beginning to sound like quite a list. That's that's awesome. 
I mean, if you didn't get a chance to to see those guys, um, you know, over the last few years in Supercross, because obviously, you know, who does have that opportunity sometimes? That is a great opportunity to get your ass there to Cardiff and um, see some legends. I, I don't know. I've been very critical of this championship, but like I say, second week in a row, second week in a row that they're the Planet Moto bombshell. It just seems like things are put it this way every announcement that drops i don't go oh that's a bit shit i go hmm well mm. who would have thought well they've got the the last team being announced pretty soon so they've got nine teams signed up already yep thanks for that your point my point is is that yeah we talked about it last week that okay it's only three months away 12 weeks are they gonna do it blah blah blah, blah. But actually, they've took quite a few steps forward. Literally, one team left. That's it. Yeah, it's not like there's six week. teams left to be. All right, Lewis. I'm just trying to make a team. Someone might not listen to 103. There was one team that they might have missed last at this point might... last week. Yeah, but they might not have listened to last week's podcast. But okay. I don't know why you have to be so um, facetious. But yeah, uh, obviously, what I'm most interested in. Okay, so Chad Reed's been retired for two years. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's not the Chad Reed of 2005. But, okay, and also he's not going to beat Roxon. But could he get himself he will be to powered a, by armor? Can he get himself to a level where he is battling with Brayton for this championship? I would like to think so. Yeah. I mean, again, he wasn't on Brayton's level those last few years, but could he get there? I, okay, maybe he can't get there fully, but I'd imagine he can get close enough to make it a race. And if Chad Reed is your first FIM Supercross World Champion, that is also quite... A, okay, that'll be Roxon, but say it's Chad Reed as well. That'll be quite a quite a statement. Yes. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Um, so first round is uh, Britain. Second round is Australia, and then third round to be announced, I believe, will be Jakarta. You love Jakarta, don't you? I'm very curious to see what the other like because obviously MXGP people going to Indonesia now is quite like um, we're used to it. We know what we're getting ourselves into. So I'm curious to see what these people who haven't been there what their reaction to it is because <laughs> it is a shock the first time you go. There. <laughs> um. So, uh, other other riders will spin an axe is obviously Brayton, Freeze, and Seeley. Uh, Anstey, Wilson, Todd. Uh, yep. I believe Dean Wilson was announced, but it, I feel like that wasn't meant to be announced because it was kind of just like he was just no, li- no, he's been announced. Yeah, he was there's the li- official press release from SX Global. It's yeah, he's he's announced. Yeah, no, I, I know that. But what I'm saying is, I feel like it wasn't meant to be announced because it was like he wasn't announced in a in a big Dean Wilson's coming. He was kind of just like listed in a list of riders randomly, um, which I thought was a bit weird. Um, hmm. But no, like uh, this is this is. Do I think this will be as big as MXGP? No. Do I think this will be as big as Monster Energy Supercross? No. Do I think this will be as big as Lucas Oil Pro Motocross? No. Will this be a decent championship that fills a gap in the winter and fills a gap for riders on their way out? Yes. 100%. Will it be great? Maybe not. Will it be good? Yes. Yeah. 
They, they, I mean, the, the company behind it are, are tried and tested. They've been doing um, this for a long time. They're, they're a promotions company. They're going to do a good job. That, you know, that's that's just the, the basics. They've got the riders coming and everything else. Like you say, it's, I don't think any of the championships should be looking at it saying they're stealing our thunder or or money or anything else. This is this is completely different product. Um, and I think in a way, it's, it's just... It's just another way of being able to see some of these riders if you cannot get to America. I think it's. I think it just works. Still, though, I don't think you see any it's, GP riders go. I know, like this is still a no. question I'm getting. Oh, how will it affect MXGP? It won't. No teams will go. It's not, and no riders will go. No, it's not going to affect MXGP. You know, one adder, nothing. The um, and, and I don't think it's going to affect um. The, the Supercross Championship in America. Like, it's complete... That, that is the creme de la creme, isn't it? It's, it's what every every rider looks to to want to do as you're growing up, is to, you know, is to be good and, be, and get into Supercross. You know, whether you're in America or France, was, you know, obviously got a good Supercross pedigree. Not many people in the UK are waking up in the morning thinking, I want to be a Supercross champion. I'm still curious, though, whether... The first year this year, three rounds in the winter, it will get attention, obviously. I'm still curious whether when we get into year two or the first proper year, whatever you want to call it, um, I'm still curious if the, le- if the level of interest will be at the same height or it will be mostly kind of like, eh. Because you've got to think as well. So 2023, every rider will be on the same bike that they were this year. It will be exactly the same riders for the most part because everyone signed up on five-year deals. The team-wise, yeah. um, not riders, obviously. Um, so will it be... Will When we get to round one next year, will it be a case of, well, we've seen this. We know how this plays out. Like, we've this is... This isn't... There's nothing really new and exciting here. Like, when you go into a new season of MXGP or whatever, um, new riders, new teams, blah, 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 all change, this change, blah, blah, blah. Whereas I feel like when we go into round one of 2023 World Supercross, nothing would have really changed from the pilot season. And therefore, it might be a bit like, oh, well, you know. Uh, I, th- I think their danger is... Their, their, their uniqueness at the moment is they're filling a void. So that off season um, between September up to um, sort of January, that off season, that's when they can get the most eyes on that championship because there's nothing else going on. And and if anything, there's always been like the uh, you know Paris Supercross and stuff like that. But you know if Paris is is okay, but if if you've been to any other of the of the Supercrosses, it, they they've always lacked that little bit. And I think that's. I think those are the those are the people that are going to be mostly impacted because will people still go to like you know I guess people still will go to Geneva because it's you know they're not going to afford to go to Australia but um, I, I just think Geneva's as a championship back. as in I think Geneva's as dead. in media Geneva's dead. Well, I think so. Oh, that's sad. But but what I'm saying is that from a media point of view, from 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 TV and all the rest of it is if they if they go before or after. I think that's when they lose people. That's when they lose eyes on that championship and people become disinterested. When it starts to overlap on the main the main stuff what's been there, seen it, done it. I think if they can keep it to those three months, I think they've got a great product and I think it will have longevity. I just worry that it's when it starts to overlap, it becomes insignificant. Well, next year it'll be June through November. So, 
yeah, but again, like June through November, it, it's okay. It's gonna, it's not gonna affect MXGP because none of those riders are gonna be involved. The only thing, you know, in in theory, it will um, affect is pro motocross. But a lot of those riders are supercross only contracts anyway. Well, yeah, you're not losing anyone. You're not losing a title contender. So not really, no. What does... and and a lot and and again, a lot of the riders are attracting the riders which are you know focused on supercross or on the bubble and just are looking for a way to make some money. Like exactly. trying to grab whatever yeah, opportunity a, they can get. Is it? It's the pension. So um, yeah, I. I, I like it. I think I think next year, I think they will suffer next year because the outdoor motocross is very, very strong. Um, also, MXGP is very, very strong. They're going to be competing against both of those eyes-wise um, with media, with TV and everything else. I think um, that's the only thing which they're going to, you know, June, July, August is going to be a little bit forgotten about. But I think they're going to come into their own September to November. Just my personal opinion. Is it too late by that point? Um, it could be. Uh, I mean, that is the... But there again, they've still got time to change. I mean, they're still making changes now, so I'm not saying they're going to listen to this podcast and, you know, see, re- listen to reason no, they or whatever, anything else. Motocross, so they're, they're set on a June... I've, got, I've seen the calendar for next year already. They're set on June through November. They've got... That's, they're set. Like, events are scheduled for dates and blah 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 um so that's that's their business model june through november okay okay also problem is by the time you get to may everyone motocross wise i feel is looking forward to switching from supercross to motocross uh fan wise i'm about so i feel like there'll be very few fans that are like oh more supercross i think everyone will be like oh now time for some motocross yeah i mean that's the thing as well is it's you know, people are ready. They've done just done twenty rounds of Supercross. They're ready for that. For that, something different. Like, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Like I said, latter part of the year, absolutely smash it. June through to September, and good luck with that. That is your Planet Moto bombshell of the week escaping everyday life and riding in spain has never been better thanks to planet motor holidays and you can secure your spot for the 2022 2023 winter now it's really not that far away so head to planetmoto.co or planet motor holidays on facebook and instagram to secure your spot with a small deposit and schedule something for yourself to look forward to they take your bikes from england again incredible that is i when they first told me that that's what they do almost fell off my chair because who would have thought so not one of these places where you go over and you ride a rental bike. Ride your own bike in Spain. Imagine that. Imagine that. Um, anything to add, James? Um, yeah, I think uh, obviously I'm disappointed not to be in Lommel this weekend. It's always a fantastic event. Um, always got the crowds. Always got great racing. Absolute brutal track. Um, what's the weather like over there at the moment, buddy? Stop calling me buddy. I'm not your mate. Um, okay, whatever. Well, uh, Tuesday it was 42. Um, yesterday it was 36. Um, today it's been raining, but then at the weekend, Sunday is going to be 33, I believe. So it's going to be hot and brutal. So the track's going to be rough. I mean, it is going to be... Yeah, I don't envy those guys. Um but it's always, for me, it's always one of the best ones on a calendar. Um, you get the whole industry there, really good cries, real good buzz. You can never move in the pits. I do miss, uh, I won't miss actually walk, trying to get walk from the uh, 
from the racetrack to um, the media tent because you can never, ever move in between. Um, it always takes so long. Um, so uh, looking forward to um, Lombard this weekend. Have you got any more uh, plans to get out on the practice tracks or anything else? Or is that it? That's done. Everybody's finished their riding now. Um, it's Thursday afternoon. Do you really think people are going to ride for Friday before Lommel? Yeah, I, I definitely don't think they will. No, but thank you for catching up there. Um, no, I was just trying to get some some minutes in there for the air, but you know, some minutes in there for the air. <laughs> yeah, just playing it out a little bit. Um, but I remember then I was talking to you and you're a knob. So everyone, um, how's Dougie? Everyone has. Had Have a, you spoke to your mum? Everyone has had a much easier week this week, uh, with an eye on a very hot level coming up. So everyone, it's definitely been on everyone's minds that they need to save as much energy and get as much in the reserves as possible for the MXGP of Flanders this weekend. Right. Thank you to Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products that meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything the Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Any bike, any year, any model, any color. They have parts for everything, any CC, anything. Whatever you have, they have parts for it. Affordable and good quality. The best quality. Anything you want is available at Prox Racing Parts. Thank you to those guys. Also, thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armored Nutrition. I've been Lewis Phillips, your host. That's James Burfield. Had a good time, James? Ah, oh, great time, Lewis. It's great to be properly back. Okay. That's been episode 104. We'll be back with episode 105 after Lommel. See you then. Thanks for listening. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.